Well, welcome to the Robin Walter Show on the Red Sky Radio Network. God bless you all. You know, I was thinking about that song when it started playing this morning, that, you know, every day does start out the same. I mean, at least the first 30 seconds out of bed, maybe the first couple minutes, maybe the first hour. But then every day becomes different. You think it's the same, but something occurs. Something happens. Maybe it's the news. And goodness sakes, there's no shortage of news these days to uh, have you um, questioning a lot of things. No question about that, actually. But the importance of the Word of God and prayer and those things are critical to help you stay on the rails, to keep it between the lines. There's so much stuff that can send me off in an odd direction. And I have to come back to the Word of God to make sure the least as much as possible, I don't embarrass myself, I don't go overboard somewhere, I don't take it to the edge and then go over the edge after all that. I'm sure you've done it. I certainly have done it. But keep the word in front of you. Keep the word in front of you because, because throughout the day you need principles and guidelines to shape and determine what you're going to say and how you're going to do what you're going to do. And, and without the Word of God, you're just running on emotions. And we know what can happen then, right? Well, i got to get going here with the program because we got some good news. I have a very special program today dealing with impeachment called the horns of impeachment, the horns of a dilemma. And it is. Um, but I promise to start with good news. And with good news, we will launch. There is a particular state that I'm very fond of. I know you got, you've heard me reference live in Arizona, you've heard which is a great state. You've heard me reference Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma. It's ultimately it's Oklahoma. And I have a little bit of bias here, but then I'm going to I'm going to tell you a little story here which is going to um, help you understand why I have that bias. Yes, I have a great uncle, long deceased, after whom I am named, who was a missionary to the Indians in Oklahoma. He married down there, stayed down there, had a bunch of kids, and I've got relatives all over Oklahoma. Then I went to school in Oklahoma. And it was a great place to go to school. I mean, I have never been anywhere in my life where I could go into a 7-Eleven or a quick trip or whatever it is and have a clerk so nice that they start engaging with my two young sons when I was there. I mean, it was everywhere. It was just, I was in Tulsa. It was just nice and friendly and hospitable. So this next story doesn't really surprise me because the governor of Oklahoma is probably, in my opinion, to be care, uh, what um, categorized or compared. 
uh, that odd word compared, favorably with Ron DeSantis, who I've called the very best governor in uh, the, the country, which I think that he is because he's had more to do than you had to do in Oklahoma because Oklahoma had a head start on righteousness. I will share this. When I went to the second inaugural of George Bush in 2004, I met a congressman, J.C. Watts, from uh, Oklahoma, and he was uh, a conservative, and I met him in the hall. We talked for a little while, and then I said something to him because I knew of his football prowess. He was, I think, the first black Republican from Oklahoma, representing, uh, I don't know what district there. But I said to uh, J.C., although it sounds like I knew him better than I really did, but we had a nice long talk. And I said, Mr. Watts, you know, uh, there's something that I've just loved about Oklahoma. And he said, what's that? He said, I said, that's, it's the only state in the union that I know of where even some of the Democrats are Christians. And he about laughed his head off. And he said, I am going, I said, I'll give you fair warning. I'm going to steal that from you. I will absolutely use that. Well, anyway, Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, to be compared favorably with Ron DeSantis, is creating a website that provides information about the pregnancy resources available for women and families in the Sooner State. Now, what's unique about this? I, 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 you know what? I just got to give you what the website and what the legislation and what the task force is up to. The task force is formed to be able to uh, to engage Oklahomans on how to better support crisis pregnancy centers, eliminate unnecessary unnecessary barriers to adoption, and get this, and to educate Oklahomans on the reality of life in the womb. Now, this is the most righteous stance regarding abortion any state has taken. To think that, that there's a proactivity, proactivity they need to undertake, want to take, to teach and educate the people of Oklahoma on the reality of life in the womb. Probably not a big task because it's a very pro-life state. I think it's a state that votes more Republican than any other state. Possible exception of Utah or West Virginia. But those three are right in there. This is what I love. His wife came out and said, quote, we want, this is our goal. We want Oklahoma to be the most pro-family state in the union. My goodness sakes. Has any governor ever, or governor's wife, for that matter, in this case, ever declared such a notable, laudable, righteous goal as to have their particular state be the most pro-life state in the entire country? Now, compare that and contrast that, if you will, to uh, Governor uh, Greaseball Gruesome, as I call him, Governor Gruesome, the governor of California who wants abortion tourism 
in the worst way to bring people there to kill their babies and boost the economy with doctors slaughtering the unborn, plus all the money that you'll spend while you're there doing that. That's right, Gavin, you make them, we scrape them, no fetus can beat us. Gruesome is the absolute, if you were to form a contrast here, you could not have two states be farther apart. And now you understand what I was saying a couple of weeks ago, that this nation is already divided, in my opinion, beyond repair. It can only be ruled by force or by consent. Oklahoma is going for consent. California, California goes by force, always has, for a long time anyway. And there already is a great divide, which cannot be resolved. There's no middle ground here. Don't think that there is, because there isn't. Yes, I think there will be civil war. I think. My prophetic belief was from 15 years ago that there will be a secession. I absolutely believe 100% there will be a secession. Good states will leave, but the war will be formed by the left-wing states, not wanting the good states to leave, because the good states have what? People who work. People who pay taxes, people who actually have a whole bunch and disproportionately from red states, guys and gals who go into the military for the right reason. These are the good states, and they are, what fellowship does light have with darkness or righteousness with the sons of Belial? You know what? There isn't salvaging this. And if there is war, it will be the left against the right because they don't want all those good people and hardworking tax dollars to leave the country. And guess what else? It's the heartland of the country that forms this conservative movement and the Mid-South and the Deep South, Mid-South and the heartland, excluding my home state of Michigan and Minnesota. They're out of there. But otherwise than that, they're solidly in the red zone for right now anyway. And obviously, I hope that they stay there. But you see, that's a part of the country that grows all the wheat. That's a part of the country that grows all the corn. That's the part of the country that has the disproportionate amount of oil and gas production. That's the part of the country that has the refineries to produce oil and diesel. They have the resources, the labor, and they also will have, if they don't have it already, God's blessing. God's blessing. It's from the Word. You know, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Would that not apply to a state? Blessed is a state who serves the Lord God? Absolutely. Well, anyway... That is what this state is doing, which I think is just fabulous. Next piece of good news, my last one. Uh, this, this just grabs me I, in, a, in a really cool way. And you might not need me going down the road for at least a portion of my broadcast in the future with this new piece of technology that's come out. If you've listened to this program for any period of time, you'll know that I periodically tell you what companies you need to avoid, what companies you need to boycott, because if you're spending money on their products, you are actually subsidizing the demise of the United States through their pro-abortion, pro-tranny, pro-queer, uh, 
pro-everything sexually deviant behavior, all the wokeism, you're funding it when you buy from those companies, which I read about uh, every three weeks, and it's a growing list. Not going to do it this week. But here's why you might fire me, at least for that purpose, or for that portion of the program, is because there is a new app out which lets you see where your products come from with respect to the political leaning of the producer of that product. The country's called Veebs. V is in Victor, double E, B is in boy, S, as in Sam. Said here, it's a groundbreaking app shaking up the consumer landscape, offering Americans a powerful tool to make informed choices based on companies' political values. Now, as they say, you know, go woke, go broke, uh, that's gaining traction, that whole thing. But it's, Veeb sa says here that Veeb aims to empower conservative con consumers by allowing them to easily avoid companies with liberal ideologies that do not align with their values. So you're wondering, how does this work? It says here that the app will allow users to scan product barcodes while shopping in supermarkets and provide instant access to the company's V-score. As in victory, well, probably, yes, if it's a high score, because a low score means they are bad. V stands for vitriol, venom, vindictiveness, all of those really nasty V words, I guess. So the lower the score, the more liberal the company. I mean, this, this is sort of a, a, a dream come true, but the other thing I really like about this development is it seems like, and if you're like me at all, Something really bad will happen, and I think, well, gosh, now what? Where do we go from here, God? Is there any help? How do we get out of this mess? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm like the uh, Hebrews that had no faith facing the Red Sea. Now what are we going to do, Moses? And then God provides a way. And there's no water in the desert. Now what are we going to do, Moses? We're stuck. And God provides. Uh, brings water out of a rock, and so forth. It seems like every time something really bad develops or is in the process of development, God gives inventions to his people to deal with what's at hand, to be able to stand up in the face of an adversity in ways that we never would have thought of. I wouldn't have thought of. And would this app be out? There'd be no app if these companies weren't all crap. It's kind of what I say. But there are some good ones out there. And you may not know what a good one is offhand, but you can certainly go down the aisle and find out who really stinks, who is really, really bad, which is, frankly, right now, most of them. Well, okay, let's move on here. Um, I did promise you. No, I got one other piece before we get into the impeachment topic of the day. You know, if you could run this political leaning app, 
on non-profit organizations. It'd be interesting what you could pull up, stuff we already know. What would you get if you plugged in the CDC, left-wing crapola? How about the United Nations, left-wing crapola? World Health Organization, left-wing crapola? Biden administration, poison from the pit of hell. We all we know those. We don't really need the app for that. We need it for these other things. Because when somebody who routinely lies, like Biden, like the World Health Organization, like the other politicized, weaponized governmental agencies in the U.S., you can rest assured that whatever they're saying is in all probability the opposite of the truth. That's how you detect the truth when you listen to somebody you have no trust in. You talk to somebody you have zero trust in, listen to what they say. Do the opposite. That's the right thing. Believe the opposite. That's the truth. Don't believe me? The WHO is coming out now saying that dengue is how it's pronounced in Britain. D-E-N-G-U-E. It's pronounced dengue fever. Dengue fever, or I guess if you maybe you got delivered from homosexuality, it would be dengue fever, but then it wouldn't be a fever. It would be a healing, right? They contend that this is likely the next pandemic because of the five, six hundred exponential increase in dengue fever worldwide. I don't think it's the ultimate hammer to finish off controlling us, which is what it's all about. As I said, I think that is the old climate change hammer that will, uh, goodness sakes, with these heat spells, hot spells, and it is hot. I can't deny that. A little bit of a digression here, but the other night I killed a scorpion in my office. The next morning, I wake up with a lizard on my nightstand. These animals can't stand 115 degree heat. They want out of the outside and into the inside in the worst possible way. Well, anyway, enough about that. To the topic of the day, impeachment. And it's the horns of a dilemma is what I'm calling this because the question is, has is not whether Donald, uh, I'm sorry, is not whether Joe Corn pop has committed impeachable offenses. We're going to go through that in a minute. The question is if or should the Republicans move forward with impeachment? Should they? Now, before we get to that answer, and I can't give you a hard and fast answer because I'm not the fount of all wisdom here by any stretch of the imagination. However, Has Joe Biden committed? Let's start with that. Has he committed offenses worthy of impeachment? Is the Pope Catholic? Do uh, bears go poop in the woods? Well, yes. He has committed them. I'm going to run through really quickly just 10. But you'll actually see it's really more like about 82 or 83. But number one, the obvious, the Hunter Biden fiasco. The pay-to-play thing with Joe Biden. Joe Biden lying out of every orifice of his body, and so he now has Jean, uh, Karen Jean-Pierre, lesbienne, lying 
all the time as well, who's been saying that Joe had no knowledge of Hunter's business dealings. Absolute lie, 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 liar, liar. Joe Biden's pants are on fire every time he gets in front of a podium. His pants ignite. That's how badly he lies. But now the administration is saying, no, Joe Biden never discussed business with Hunter. Totally different story. And why? Because he's getting outed. He only admits what he can no longer hide. And when he can no longer hide it, now he, then he spins it. And all the n- nimrotic people that listen to CNN and MSNBC and think that somehow they're actually getting truth are actually, as I say about Joe Biden voters, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. No, I'm going to, but I'm going to frame it a different way. <laughs> I don't have to query a person to determine how they voted. For having a discussion, there's only one thing I have to say, and I will know how they vote without them saying a word. All I have to say is the only, the only people who are more stupid than Joe Biden are the ones who voted for him. Now, I watch that person's face twitch, his nose twitch, his lips purse and squirm, his eyebrows furl. Looked like he's doing an impersonation of Christopher Ray before the House Judiciary Committee the other day. And I know he voted for Biden. That's all it takes. He's so corrupt. Let me ask you, how could this guy be a multi-millionaire when all he has ever done is have his head in a government pig trough, eating government slop his entire life? He starts out in politics earning 70000 a year. I think that that was what he was getting paid back around 1970 or when he entered into politics. And now his pay as vice president is, I don't know, 250 something like that. Senators, I think, are 195 How do you get to over 50-some years in politics, going from 70 to now just recently to 250000 how do you get to a mega multi-million dollar estate without bribe, without payoff, without pay to play? <clears throat> number one. Number two. Nobody talks about number two. If, in fact, Joe has taken this money, and we know that he has taken millions, why isn't it showing up on his income tax? You see, bribery income I don't care if it's bribery income or if you make money selling illegal drugs on the street, you got a bootleg operation, or if you're a prostitute, it's all taxable income. The IRS, for purposes of tax collection, could not care less how you earned it. How did they nail Al Capone? Because he was ordering guys to get killed? No, they got him on income tax evasion and at a degree and a level that it was a criminal offense. So he doesn't reveal, it's not revealed on his tax returns. So because we know that he's got his pot, his hand in Hunter crackhead Biden's pocket, who's got his hands in other pockets and it's all flowing through to the big guy, 
We know that the big guy is not paying his taxes. He's cheating on his taxes. He's cheating on his taxes in a gross, significant, serious manner, all of which is an impeachable offense. So what is an impeachable offense? I, you know, I should have squared this way. In the Constitution, it's, it's a, a high crime or misdemeanor. High crimes, high crimes are not particularly defined, but it could be significant and continuous ethical breaches, which we'll get to. Of course, it could be felonies. But that would be a bit redundant if it had to be felonies because the Constitution says high crimes and misdemeanors. You know what a misdemeanor is? It's something less than a felony. So if a misdemeanor was an impeachable offense, then a high crime becomes a redundant statement. So that's how I know we know lawyers and politically astute people and students of the Constitution know that a high crime refers to things that are beyond your run-of-the-mill felony, if you will, which we will get to. Um, so there's number two. Number three, the election interference. I mean, Biden is a guy who bragged about having the best and the most efficient election fraud team ever assembled. Of course, you know, people spin that to say, well, this was simply gaffe number 204. Uh, we, we, we rewrote 203 a couple days ago because we know what he meant to say, even though he didn't say it. Well, when do all the gaffes actually reflect what the guy means? How many hundreds of gaffes do we have to know or hear before we know that he actually means these gaffes and everybody else is trying on his side is trying to cover his hiney? He didn't say the election fraud prevention team. Why would he be trying to assemble an election fraud prevention team when he and the Democrats are the ones that commit election fraud and they know that Trump didn't? You see, the left is great at projecting. That meaning they lay, they lay to blame others for the very thing that they are guilty of. And that's the way they dodge it. They simply accuse others of the things of which they're guilty. Number four, opening the border. Is this not a violation of the oath of office? It is. Joe Biden took an oath. The oath said that he would uh, it's up to uphold the laws and the Constitution of the United States and to um, be engaged in rooting out, you know, all enemies, both foreign and domestic, to stand up against both foreign and domestic enemies. How can you be standing up to foreign enemies when you just open up the floodgates on the southern border? And for that matter, I'm going to get to this more in a minute, how can you not be uh, allowing domestic enemies when you've weaponized your own branches of government. Impeachment offense number four. Number five, 1,000 plus fentanyl deaths a year. Now this is where we get to high crimes. Because this is knowing that what you're doing is leading to the deaths of of tens, if not hundreds of thousands of innocent people is a crime against humanity, which is by itself an impeachable offense. 
Number six, every single federal abuse of power. He's a part of it. He appointed Mayorkas. He appointed Merrick Garland. All those people who would rather spit on the Constitution than uphold it. Lawyers who wouldn't recognize a Constitution in a law library. Any more than Joey, alleged Jesuit student, would recognize a Bible in a Christian bookstore. The guy is morally corrupt to the nth degree. Number seven, the use of the government to take out a political opponent. Do you know how Bush League this is? This is absolute full-on banana republic. Joe Biden and his leftist lemmings, his little minions in the government agencies which need to have their budgets slashed, send them home, huge housing glut in Washington, D.C. because there are no jobs there anymore. This is what, this is what left-wing governments do. Take out your political opponents. How do you think Fidel Castro stayed in power? Adolf Hitler, Joe Stalin, Idi Amin. Yeah, maybe at some point some of these guys get taken out by outside forces and on occasion, because there are a lot of people that hate them, they get executed the inside, but they never get taken out in the election, do they? Never. Joe is on fast track to turn us into a banana republic. And we're almost there. Don't go away. That was number seven. I got three biggies left when we return. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 8535 Thank you. You know what? I just got to I got to stop that there and then say something. I'll get back to this in a minute. But I have a huge record collection. And there are those songs, and this is certainly one of them, that is so identifiable. And they're great because of their introduction. I like the song as a whole. Some songs, the whole intro makes it. Now, I'm not a big fan of Honky Tonk Women, but it's got such a distinct Fabulous beginning. Mustang Sally. I mean, I could go right on down. Jump by Van Halen. These songs are just so identifiable. I love them because, um, I don't know, they get me going. I've just got done whipping off the first seven impeachable offenses of Joe Biden. Not the first or any particular order. We have literally dozens and dozens of them to choose from. But I want to pick on three more. 
He's an advocate, full-on advocate for the mutilation of children's bodies, be they mastectomies, you know all the mutilation. I don't need to define all the mutilation that Joe Biden said. Every child at the age of 10 ought to be able to mutilate their own body if that's what they want. Oh, that's right. Even though they can't drive. Oh, that's right. Even though they can't drink. Oh, that's right. Even though they can't uh, drive a car. Oh, that's right. Even though they can't go to war. They, they have somehow the presumed maturity to destroy their body. To advocate for this is such a morally reprehensible position. In my opinion, it constitutes a high crime. Okay, number nine, I've already actually already alluded to this. But how many times would a president have to lie and then lie and then lie and lie some more? Consistent, continuous, ridiculous amount of lies. Every time they have a microphone, they lie to constitute a high crime. When there's absolutely no truth in what you say, virtually any of the time, isn't it time to get the hook? I think that if you had an impeachment inquiry and, and you listed all the times Joe Biden lied, first of all, the impeachment uh, trial itself would last forever because it would take you that long to get through all the lies the guy has told. I mean, the guy plagiarized speeches when he ran for president. He's, he's plagiarized multiple times. He's a consummate profligate liar. Satan is called the father of lies. Joe Biden is his son. He passed it on. Now, number 10 is not really 10. It's actually 10 through about 57. But I have to lump them all together. If you took all the times Joe Biden has massaged women's shoulders, put his arms fondlingly around young girls' arms, touched their hair, smelled their hair, whispered sweet crap in their ear, whatever it was, right up to last week where he's trying to get his lips on that one-year-old girl who was having nothing to do with it. And then he tried to kiss her, and, the, and the, even the little one-year-old was terrified enough. She knew that she didn't want to be touched by this pervert, sometimes going as the President of the United States, our perv-in-chief. Every single one of these is an impeachable offense. I want to explain why. In law, you've heard the term assault and battery, okay? An assault is when somebody comes at you with a present intent to do you some degree of bodily harm. It's very, they're in your face. They're holding a hammer up. They're doing something that constitutes an assault. We know what it is. They're in your face. They're in your space. And they have the ability and the obvious intent to carry out the words that they're spewing. So what's the battery? The battery is the actual touching. That's why when the, somebody goes after somebody in, their, in, in, in a way that causes them great fear uh, for their life or limb, 
and then they get whacked. It, it's, a, it's an assault and battery. But here's the thing. A battery does not have to have an assault to be a misdemeanor. Does not have to have an assault with it. A battery in its purest, simplest terms is an unlawful touch. So here, here's an example. I'm walking through the park someday, one day, and uh, I'm a single guy in this uh, scenario, and I see this pretty girl sitting over there on a park bench. It's a beautiful day. She's just lying there, lunch break, and she's taking a little snooze. Got a little siesta going. And I go over there and I said, man, I want to kiss this girl. And I do. I don't care if it's a big one I plan on the lips or a little peck on her forehead. I have committed a misdemeanor. It was an unprovoked, unintended, uninvited, unwanted touching by somebody who bears no relationship to you in a way that you could have reason to believe your space and your physical body would be off limits. Now, for a dad who grabs his three-year-old daughter running through the living room, picks her up, and she goes in, turns into a giggling maniac, that's not, that's not a battery. The relationship defines the legitimacy. But when there is no relationship, there is no legitimacy. Joe Biden has committed anywhere from 40 to 50 misdemeanors in the forms of battery against women from child year up, including that one from last week, to women that I've seen maybe, uh, this is scary, but I'll say maybe 40 years old. That's how many impeachable offenses Joe has had. But this takes us to question number two. We now know he's the most impeachable president the United States has ever had. In fact, there's only one person who really likes what happened to Joe Biden, and that's Barack Hussein Obama, because finally there is a president who's even worse than he was. But the question is, should the Republicans impeach him? Should they? This is an interesting question, because they haven't. Plenty of ammo, lots of ammo. They've been there six months now. Well, let's, take, let's go back to the Trump impeachment, the first one, which was bogus. Second one, which was bogus. Mar-a-Lago raid, which was bogus, actually constituted an unreasonable search and seizure, contrary to the Fourth Amendment. Indictment number one, indictment number two, indictment number three, I think is coming. Maybe it's coming all doing this program. Who knows? All manufactured by a president and an administration that's so left-wing and wants to control the world or be part of a world-controlling entity that they will bury any political opponent that comes along. And that's Donald Trump. But what has happened with the first impeachment? We knew it was bogus. His support, I don't know that it really went up, but it didn't go down. Second impeachment, they didn't even, they didn't even consider the... The, the cause of these, oh, January 6th, he was responsible. Let's impeach him. They vote for impeachment. That's how, that's what, how, what a pack of losers the Democrat Congress is. Or the Democratic Congress men and women. Let's make that clear. 
Don't want to leave out Debbie Wasserman. Schultz, right? Whatever her name is. Anyway, so with the indictments, with the Mar-a-Lagos, Mar-a-Lagos started, every time that happens, his support grows. They want to bury him, but every time he's resurrected. They can't keep Donald in the ground. The, de the deeper the hole they dig, the more dirt they throw on him, the quicker it seems like he emerges. They're, try they're trying to play whack-a-mole with Trump, and they can't make the contact that's deadly. Now, they might, but they haven't so far. So consider this. Everything that has been brought against Donald Trump has actually only enhanced his political standing. So you might be thinking, ooh, well, is that in the back of the Republicans' mind? But a second example, Adam Schiff. What a nitwit. What a moron. What an absolute pathological liar. When he came out today to say that this is a political witch hunt to try to impeach Joe Biden because the Republicans have no evidence. This is what I mean about projecting. He's accusing Republicans of the very thing he was guilty of. He had no evidence. All he did, had was hatred and an animosity against Trump that was the somehow supplanted something called evidence. Who needs evidence if you got an evil heart? That's Adam Schiff. But what happened when he got censured? Anybody know? Well, in the abs, I don't see any hands raised out there. His political fundraising, because he's running for the Senate in California, shot went through the roof. The censure was a huge boost to his political war chest. So the question is, would impeachment cause a groundswell of support for Biden like it did for Trump and then like the censure did for Adam Schiff. There's clearly a possibility that it might because you know what the left-wing news is going to do, which means pretty much everybody except Newsmax. And by the way, as much as I love Tucker Carlson, and I do love Tucker Carlson, I have to lift Greg, lift Greg Kelly to the top of the list on Newsmax, the best journalist out there today. Fat, but he's but he's fairly alone. But the rest that they're heard, the other 98% are going to contend this was political. They'll bat, bash and blast Republicans ad nauseum to try to support and buoy Biden's flagging campaign. So the re Republicans are saying, do we want to do this? Would our impeaching him be a political backfire. Now, that raises the next question. As far as I'm concerned, this gets more intriguing because it depends upon your definition of backfire because there's two ways to look at this. And I do mean there really are two ways. If, in fact, it doesn't backfire and Joe Biden fades under the withering evidence which is coming out from all areas and there comes a point when a loyal sailor to save his neck maybe abandon the ship 
It's not so loyal. Every person's loyalty will get tested in the crucible called political heat. And so there will be Democrats that will run for the exits. They may not support Joey Cornpop anymore, or they may not support him to the point that they actually say, you know what, uh, this guy's toast. I, I don't want to have anything to part to do with him, and in which case he's done. So if it doesn't backfire, so to speak, and he's taken out, we end up with Gavin Greaseball Gruesome, who I said on June 21st would be the Democratic nominee and who I said I think will be president. Now, what if it does backfire and it does boost his morale, his coffers, political buoyancy? I think that might be a good thing. Because there's nobody ultimately more beatable than Joe Biden. In fact, if Joe Biden gets reelected, we are of all countries the most stupid. I mean, you know what do foreigners think of this place? That video that went out with a naked black woman walking down the freeway in San Francisco shooting a gun. People who want to come here to visit might say, you know what, let's go to Australia. Let's go to South Africa. That might be safer and less crazy. Maybe some of the immigrants are going to say, you know what, I think I'll stay in Honduras. This place is bonkers. Now, wait a minute. I can get free money in the U.S. I'm going to go because I'll get a handout and I'll get a driver's license and I'll be voting in about six weeks. I don't know. I tend to think that a backfire would be a good development. I do. That they would, it would give legs to Biden and keep him in the race so long that maybe it is simply not practical to shift to Gavin Gruesome. Because that's a whole, that is... I, I, there's nobody I'm concerned about more than he, and you know that from listening to this program. But what is the answer? I think the answer here for right now, the best way to actually to deal with this is to drag out the investigation. After all, the J6 committee took years. It could take months. What's wrong with that? Let's drag it out. They did. We'll only drag it out half as long. Keep keep hounding the Democrats. Push for impeachment of Mayorkas and Merrick Garland and all down the line. But, but let the heat get slowly turned up on Joe more and more and more. Let Karen Jean-Pierre, lesbiennes, just start lying as much as Biden does. Because he's not to be trusted with a microphone, so hand it off to... Uh, Karen Jean-Pierre Lesbienne, let her do the lying. She's doing a pretty good job of it lately. Drag it out so long in the investigation so that Joe Cornpop just, there's an attrition in his campaign, but he doesn't get out. I want the guy to hang around because there's nobody, nobody, that I think would be easier to beat come next November than Joey Cornpop. And especially, oh my gosh, 
especially if we get a great VP. And I want to kind of end with a little bit of analysis on the VP area because I don't have any assurance, of course, that Trump's going to survive this. They're going to keep Adam and Adam and Adam, and eventually maybe the guy runs out of money to pay his lawyers. That wouldn't be a bad thing. He needs to be humbled. He needs to accept a responsibility for screw-ups from appointing and or from turning the COVID thing over to Fauci. Huge mistake. He needs to take responsibility for having Christopher Ray in office instead of uh, blaming uh, it on Chris Christie. Trump's ego does not allow him to admit his mistakes, and he may never get the nomination. Because I've compared him to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, who was taken out, was not restored until he humbled himself. I stick with that paradigm from the Old Testament. If Trump doesn't tone it down, quit talking about 2020 and own the screw-ups and start moving forward. If he doesn't do that stuff, he needs to own it. I think he just simply may be removed. So we may be talking right now about vice presidential companions, but they could be presidential contenders if Trump goes down. And you know what I think of Vivek Ramaswamy. I love this guy. Look him up. He's got 10 principles of his campaign. And if there's any one of those you disagree with, you aren't a real conservative. You aren't. He would be, I think Carrie Lake is not the right running mate for Trump. I don't think so. I think there's greater diversity in an Indian or a black. And by Indian, it's Vivek Ramaswamy. By black, I mean uh, Tim Scott. And I don't mean a black guy who's half Irish. Right? So either one of those would be good, but I tend to lean towards Ramaswamy by a tad at this point. He sometimes says some things. I think he overstates them wants to defund the FBI. I don't think you defund them, but you reduce their budget by 87%. Leave a skeleton crew there that can only do that which they were actually called upon to do in the first place. Same with the Department of Injustice. But he said something the other day that echoed my words, not because he heard it from me, but I've been saying it for 15 years on the air. If you don't change the education system, if children aren't released from the bondage of a government school, if children don't get an emancipation declaration like they did in Arizona recently here, where everybody, regardless of wealth, gets $7,200 a year to pick the school of their choice, the unions are livid. They're ballistic, right where they ought to be. And thank God for COVID that took a wrecking ball to government education. I didn't think there was anything that could wreck it, but it needed to be wrecked. Ramaswamy is the only candidate, and now others are others are starting to say what Ramaswamy has been saying instead of saying what Trump is saying. He said he would eliminate the Department of Education. I have championed this for so long because it's never it hasn't been the Department of Education in decades, but it is fully, fully now a department of indoctrination. That's all it is. This country will never turn around as long as we keep cranking out left-wing lemmings 
out of grade school now, middle school, high school, and college. Hey, a new study, a big study, a legit study, a well-vetted study, the other day showed that 37% of millennials think that it should be a criminal offense to misgender somebody. Goodness sakes. And who's and where did that come from, pray tell? Schools, government schools. The entire country needs to follow Arizona's leading. There's some good states. None of them have done or come close to what Arizona's doing. As far as an emancipation declaration of young slaves known as government school children. Yeah, they get to they get to leave. And what does Ramaswamy call it? He said, you know what? If you're going to kill a snake, you've got to kill it in his head. It's the head of the snake that needs to be killed. The head of the snake is the Department of Education. The head of the snake. It's where the venom resides. And the venom spreads to the victims. And the victims, in this case, are the public schools all over the country that are being dictated to, and then having money funneled to them by the Department of Indoctrination if they will teach this. But they don't get money if they teach that. Teach something righteous, you don't get any money. Teach stuff from the absolute pit of hell, and we'll bury you with funds. You won't know what to do with it. That's the head of the snake. He knows where the venom resides. You have to kill it at the head, and the head is the Department of of education. Boy, oh boy. So what if... So Trump could do well with either Ramaswamy or Scott. I tend to lean towards Ramaswamy, but I'd be thrilled with either one. So let's say Trump is no longer there. There are only two viable contenders for president and vice president if Trump gets taken out. And it is Scott, and it's Ramaswamy. And that particular situation... I think I would go with Scott as a vice president and Ramaswamy as the president simply because, my goodness, um, you know, and it almost doesn't matter. I mean, you know, think, wait a second. Would this, does this not blow a Democrat's mind? The ones who always talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and Jan Sucky out there is saying the Republicans actually don't dislike Joe Biden because he's an old white guy. And then have show up on the Republican ticket an Indian and a black guy who's not half Irish or switch them around. The black guy is president and Ramaswamy is the VP. This is diversity, folks. This is inclusion. It's including godly people. It's including righteous people who have been routinely excluded. Imagine that picture. Ramaswamy and Scott, or the other way around, however you want to put it, out there on the campaign trail. I will tell you, the media will have its handful. They'll be tearing out their hair because they just got out diversified. They just got out included. And maybe we're now seeing real equity, righteous people who have a fair chance at being in office. Wow.
Robin Walter encouraging you, America, to sit tall in the saddle. Remember, you ride for the brand. And what is that brand? It's the brand of Jesus Christ. And we will see you next week.